Investor mood swings between the financial stress and the recession worries. While safe haven assets and while Bitcoin amass inflows right now, equities are quite undecided while the US dollar is headed lower. The Fed decision this week, the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's comments on how to help the banks and Hindenburg's new short target. I mean, whew, I aged two years since the week started. So welcome to the last trading day of another Jitter Week with Swissco's daily market talk. Thank God it's Friday. So the U.S. stocks first fell, then gained yesterday. The price action was, again, mostly driven by the bank stocks and the sentiment in banks, both because of and thanks to the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's comments to U.S. lawmakers about banks. Remember, on Wednesday this week, Janet Yellen had said that they don't actually consider providing blanket insurance for banking deposits after the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank, causing a renewed pressure on banks, on bank stocks, especially on the U.S. small regional banks and their stock prices. Then, yesterday, the market mood was kind of okay as investors were somehow, you know, trying to get over this whole banking stress and turmoil and make sense of uh, the latest Federal Reserve decision and well, the falling yields obviously were looking rather appetizing for risk investors. But again, uh, the U.S. stocks actually opened under some decent selling pressure and S&P 500 actually sold up to 2% at some point yesterday before recovering a part of these losses toward the end of the trading session as Janet Yellen said this time that while well, the U.S. regulators are actually ready to take additional steps to protect deposits if action is needed. Apparently, that was one step further than her prepared comments to maybe or certainly avoid a further and a unnecessary stress across the banks yet again. So likes of JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs and Citibank, which were having a bad, bad session yesterday when the market opened while well, rebounded after Janet Yellen's Comment trading in Asia, though, hints that the stress over banks is not over just yet because the HSBC shares lost more than 3% in Hong Kong trading as news that UBS and Credit Suisse were actually among these banks under the scrutiny of the U.S. Department of Justice uh, for helping assign uh, Russian oligarchs to evade Western sanctions. I mean... Whew, give me a break. So, you understood. If we summarize what's going on right now, the market game is now being played between two camps. The financial stress and how the authorities and the government are actually dealing or promising to deal with potentially renewed turmoil across the financial sector camp. And obviously the recession worries camp. While the recession worries is not all or not entirely bad for the stocks and the stock valuations because at least in the medium term they actually pull the yields lower and that's good for uh, stock valuations. But the financial stress is obviously see much less welcome by the investor community and there is much stronger consensus among investors that 
the financial stress is actually bad for the economy. So the U.S. two-year yield is now headed to the levels uh, around 3.80%. Well, that were tested when the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed last week, whereas the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell has been quite clear at his post-FOMC speech this Wednesday after the Fed decision that the Federal Reserve will actually continue its fight against inflation in the U.S., that there is certainly one more interest rate hike on the horizon for the U.S., at around 25 basis points, and then the Fed is going to pause the rate hikes and keeps the rate steady there. But in vain, swap traders give no more than a 50-50 chance for another rate hike from the FOMC. Activity on Fed funds futures, on the other hand, hints that there will probably be, well, no rate hike at all at the FOMC's next monetary policy decision. So that probability is now around 67%. And more worryingly, the bets in the market for a 75 to 100 basis point cuts from the Fed before the year ends is now being cemented. Why? Because last year, on March 21st, 2022, so just one year ago, Jerome Powell had said that there is good research by staff in the Federal Reserve System that really says to look at the short and the first 18 months of the yield curve. So he said that that's really what has 100% of the explanatory power of the yield curve. It makes sense, he says. And because if it's inverted, that means that the Federal Reserve is going to cut the race, which means that the economy is weak. And bingo, the expected three-month T-bill rate in 18 months and the three-month T-bill rate today is now inverted. And the only times this happened in the past was the 2000 technology bubble, the 2007-2008 subprime crisis, and well, the COVID pandemic in 2020. So either you believe what Jerome Powell says today or you believe what he said a year ago, but the markets put more weight on what actually he said a year ago rather than the contrary. And the market is now betting on a coming recession. Now, on the data front, the U.S. durable goods orders and the flash PMI data uh, will be under a close watch today before the weekly closing well for further signs of potential weakness actually in the U.S. market, though the weekly unemployment claims in the U.S. yesterday came again below the market expectations. And while well, the data actually continues hinting that the U.S. jobs market is still is still doing fine and that despite tens of thousands of job cut news, especially in the technology companies. For now, though, these falling yields in the U.S. and elsewhere and the banking turmoil that doesn't just stop is a boon for the technology stocks. The Fang stocks, for example, are up by more than 13% since the past 10 days and Bitcoin actually gained up to 50% over the past couple of sessions. Crude oil shortly spiked above the $70 mark yesterday but saw decent resistance at this level given that the financial stress seriously deteriorates the global growth prospects, obviously and that is waiting on the demand outlook. Plus, the weekly stock inventories data this week show that the U.S. crude inventories actually increased by 1.1 million barrels last week, while analysts were expecting a 1.7 million barrel of 
decrease. So that's obviously not excellent news for the bulls and also explains why the bears are actually so convincingly selling above the $70 mark at the moment besides the recession worries. And in the FX market as well, the lower yields keep a decent, decent selling pressure on the US dollar's shoulders these days. So that's actually giving other payers feel to extend gains. The euro dollar extended gains to 109.30 level yesterday, while cable rose to 123.43 after the Bank of England raised interest rates by 25 basis points in the UK, as expected, adding that there could actually be further interest rate hikes in the UK if the bank sees signs of persistent inflation. And I can tell you for now, they probably also see that inflation in the UK is not headed toward the right direction. Elsewhere, well, here in Switzerland, the Swiss National Bank raised its interest rates by 50 basis points yesterday. That was expected. Norges Bank by 25 basis points. And while Turkey, well, didn't do anything and kept its interest rates at abnormally low levels compared to their skyrocketing inflation, as the Turkish president, Mr. Erdogan, has never been this focused on cheaper loans to boost the country's economy, which was unfortunately heavily hit by a deadly, deadly earthquake in the southeast of the country in February before uh, the May election. In the precious metals market, well, gold actually continues flirting with the $2,000 offers, though I still think and I still believe that an eventually waning bank stress across the markets is actually a threat of a decent, decent downside correction in gold prices, which could actually pull the price of an ounce all the way down to the $1,900 level. Now, I will end this week with a fresh short seller scoop. Because Hindenburg Research, which has been Adani's biggest, biggest nightmare at the start of this year, remember, is now going after a company called Block, saying that this company, so Block, which is also known as Square, facilitated fraudsters to take advantage of government stimulus programs during the pandemic months, as Block reportedly ignored both internal and external warnings from people that multiple individuals are using the same bank account numbers, and this is really bad, to receive government funds. Uh, so that was a brazen red flag or uh, a fraud is said. Aye, aye, aye. So that's really bad. The block share stumbled around 20% yesterday and closed the session somewhere uh, close to 15% down. Now, of course, uh, block, so the company rejected all these allegations, uh, but Bloomberg actually writes that this Hindenburg, which is quite famous, for the short sellers has so far targeted 30 companies, including DraftKings, Nikola and Adani, and their shares lost about 15% on average the next day and about 26% in six months. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions, and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again next week. And until then, good day trading and have a lovely weekend.